I am a brain in a jar, untethered from time and space, here to present grim tales of the future. Enjoy. During my travels, I came across a faint signal from where or when I don't know. It was a voice from the void, endlessly repeating a story of profound sadness. Here's what she said. Harold looked down at the faces on the page, pretending to contemplate them. Sorry, none of these look familiar. You don't say, replied the detective, exasperated. She took the printout and crumpled it into a ball. We've spent three months on this case. I don't know, maybe they left town or something, do you? The detective interrupted. I suspect we won't find anything. She leaned forward and whispered. I hope you didn't file a false police report. You would have committed a felony and wasted a lot of people's time. Harold went silent for a moment before speaking again. I'm not lying. What happened happened. I don't know what else to tell you. The detective stood up and began walking towards the door. This investigation is closed. You know the way out. Sorry to interrupt, but we have a breaking news story from the future. Tensions between hegemony and Orlexian forces escalated today when an A-series slaughter bot fired on an Orlexian brigade, reducing it to subatomic particles. Investigators say the incident was caused by a flaw in the Slaughterbot's logic processor. The bot's directive to maximize enemy casualties while minimizing hegemony losses had looped back in on itself. It determined the only way to prevent a violent confrontation and an Orlexian reprisal was to trigger an event virtually guaranteed to initiate said cycle of violence. This obvious logical fallacy created a programming paradox, which the bot reconciled by generating a new internal directive that equated escalation with prevention. Thus freed from the original logic of its design, the bot sought out the Orlexian unit and vaporized it. We'll keep you informed of future developments in this future crisis sometime in the future. So that's it then. Sarah, Harold's wife, stood in their living room, her arms folded. They couldn't find anything. Harold puts his hand on her shoulder. These things happen. How are you so fucking calm? Sarah, the girls can hear you. She touched Harold's cheek. Harold, please tell me what happened, what really happened? He looked down at his feet for a moment. As he raised his head again, his eyes were wet. It's like I said. Two men grabbed me outside my office and threw me into a truck. They blindfolded me and took me somewhere I didn't recognize. They thought I was rich. When they found out I wasn't, they drove me to the edge of town and let me go. Sarah shook her head and walked away. There's been another development in the future standoff. The Gemini Command has praised the Slarbot's reasoning, saying a direct attack is the only way to prevent violent escalation. Orlexian authorities have promised reprisals. Command has urged the Orlexians not to retaliate, saying any violent action would be met in kind, and that the Orlexians would be held responsible. Per command, violence is unacceptable and should be avoided at all costs. All Slaughterbots 
have been reprogrammed to incorporate this new escalation equals prevention logic, which means everything's normal and there's nothing to worry about. Harold stood in the doorway of the girls' room. His daughters were sleeping in beds opposite each other. He went to Jane, his youngest, and whispered, I wish I could tell you. He laid down on the floor, closed his eyes, and lost himself in a memory of leaving work one day, only to suddenly find himself on a planet a million light years away, surrounded by strange, glowing, ethereal beings. They didn't talk, but somehow Harold could feel their intentions. They meant him no harm. He had been brought to this planet by a mistake, a teleportation experiment gone awry, and would be returned home in due time. He was allowed to roam this new world freely. He walked through massive archways and past skyscrapers, all constructed from solid light. And he shared the emotions of all the creatures that called this city home. There was no anger, no fear, no hatred, only love, all encompassing and almost suffocating. Then he was back on Earth, in the middle of the night, in front of his office. He walked home, realizing he had never felt so lonely. As he opened his front door, he saw Sarah in the living room, a look of shock on her face. She ran to him, embraced him, tears flowing down her face. He had only been on that planet for a few hours, but on Earth, over a week had passed. He was filled with an overwhelming sense of dread. What would he tell her? He didn't know how to describe what had happened to him. Even if he did, she would never believe him. No one would. So he made up a story, something dark and terrible. A lie that felt more real to him than the truth. Now, lying in the room where his daughters slept, Harold wept. For the longest time, he had thought that pain and existence were inseparable, that the cruelty of the world was something intrinsic and unchangeable. Now he knew what was possible, and that made it so much worse. Thanks for listening. Inescapable Logic was written by Dr. Brandon Winter. Keep It Dark was written by Klaus Brenner and based on a song by Genesis. The voice from the void was Sarah Nightmare. To hear more of her work or to commission a voiceover, visit fiverr.com slash Sarah Nightmare. Music was by Two Dudes, Marie, Falls, and Dresden the Flamingo via Soundstripe. You can reach us at killallclones at gmail.com. We'll be back on January 28th. Goodbye.